It's the Tiltcast, episode 464, The Recticles. And this week, guys, we talked the Oculus Quest 2, Beat Saber, Elite Dangerous, and the Morrigan. Stay tuned. It's like testicles, only you shoot them with targets. There's, ah. there's a trio. That's three cans. Ooh, it's the Tiltcast. Hey, and we're back. And just to get it out of the way, we're an M-rated show. Yep. Um, it is 9.56 on Saturday, May 8th. Getting started a little bit late for good reasons. But just be prepared for about 30 minutes of bullshit. Some bullshit. Game, some games, some news. Might be a little bit. Well, we've got some things and stuff to talk about today. We, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Get a couple weeks from me, at least. Yeah, I got a couple weeks from Rusty, and then uh, we're going to, me and Jason are going to limp along and find some folks to fill in for Rusty while he's in Michigan. Yeah, I'm going to go visit the fam. So, um, things are going to get a little bit interesting around here. I'm just going to call in some favors and uh, get some other folks on the show. Get a couple voices on here, outside of mine. Yeah. So, um been a pretty interesting week uh i spent a lot of money in the last uh two weeks yeah you have about a thousand dollars so Jeez. far so new stove i don't know that i showed you guys but i got a new stove in there i didn't see it oh well i did you i probably did weren't see, paying attention no, well i did see it i just didn't uh, didn't notice didn't notice so not much. really the highlight of my life but my- it but, I mean, a good stove is a good stove. I mean, you got to have. I a mean, stove. I cook a lot. I mean, it you, is kind of essential. You, you, you do. I mean, you you do cook every day at least. I yeah, I really do cook almost every day. So, so yeah, yeah. Got, my, got myself a new stove, um, and I uh, got myself a new headset for uh, playing games. Oh, a VR headset? Yeah. So something, so, something that the uh, after, the monster over here hasn't fucking like messed with yet. Yeah, after she's doing my uh, my okay. little news bit last week about the Oculus Quest Two and and its air link, um, Rusty that, needs to get mounted. Rusty is getting mounted. Come on, Shorty. Come, you can do it. I'm gonna make you. Yeah. So. Um, so lit a, uh, lit a fire in Justin, apparently. I can tell you, and he's even telling Jess of this today, you know, I always feel like I have to justify my purchases, even though I don't with her. And, uh, I was like, yeah, so, uh, I got a VR headset. She's like, aren't those real expensive? And I was like, yeah, they are. Um, I was telling her, I was like, yeah, saving up for the vibe. And it's kind of explaining what that is. And I was like, but. It's the premium headset. It's got finger tracking, but it's like a thousand dollars. And I kind of thought I was going to get it after I got married. So, you know, or I was going to hope for make a rich friend and invite him to the wedding. <laughs> right. and put it on my registry, right? <laughs> right. Um, so that didn't have to happen. What happened is, is we started talking about the Quest 2 last week, and I realized how inexpensive it was. And yeah. for. Honestly, for, for the low price of two ninety nine plus tax, that's not bad. No, and that it's, is not bad at all for VR. And really, the Rift, the regular Rift, only has a slight advantage with tracking. I I I tested uh, science. Uh, yeah, we had <laughs> the tests. We did, and so later, a little bit later on the show, I'll talk a little bit more about some of the hinkiness I had to go through. Uh-huh. And I will tell you just before we get too far into it, don't buy the official Oculus Link cable. It's like 80 bucks. Yeah. 
$79.99. USB-C cable, geez. It's a USB-C to USB-C A, so you still have to get a fucking adapter. Uh, that's fucking stupid, right? Because most cases don't have a USB-C plug-in. Well, most newer cases do, and a lot of the newer video cards, if you can get your hands on them, have a USB-C connection I, I didn't check. VR. Maybe the 3080 mm-hmm. has one, but... I don't know if the one that you got did, but some of them, like... Did for... you, like, specifically look at mine and say, does it have a USB-C? No. I I, I just don't think the Zotac has the uh, the VR... It's not a Zotac. The... You got a Zotac 3080, didn't you? No. I thought you did. No, I've got that white G-Force. Oh, that's right. You might actually yeah. have it. I have the Zotac. You have the Zotac. <laughs> Zotac. But, um, yeah, uh, the uh, the VR link connection is just a USB-C connection on the video card. Uh, and that was a thing in the 2000 series on a lot of cards. They had those because, I mean, that was... They were trying to market VR at that time. Um, but it's kind of hit and miss as whether or not the uh, the newer 3000 series cards or the uh, uh, or the AMD cards actually have those uh, those VR links. So this actually brings me to another point. Um, if Just talking hardware real quick. Yeah. So 90 hertz mode is not unlocked on 30 series cards yet. Not yet. But it uh, on the I've, on the Quest 2, you mean? Yeah, well, specifically, and not just Quest 2, in a lot of HMDs right now. Oh, okay, well... There's a specific driver issue that's been happening since January that causes anything, uh, I want to say, above 80 hertz to give it issues. Gotcha. Well, I don't have that problem because my my old-ass fucking, like, Gen 1 Oculus is... um, 72? uh, If I'm lucky, I think it's 60 at the most. Okay. Yeah, so it's not not great. (laughs) So... Well, and I found this out because there's a. I had to get into some experimental features to enable the link because it's still pretty new. Right, right. Um, and I was using AirLink, which actually just came out, I think, last week. So before, you had to go to, you had to purchase Virtual Desktop, which is an app in the Oculus Store, and then you'd use Virtual Desktop to navigate to Steam, essentially, and then you set up in a separate side third-party thing to enable the AirLink to work. Why? Which is super convoluted. But right. all of that stuff had been gone by the time I was looking at it. As I started looking more into this when we talked about it, I was like, oh, AirLink just launched this week. I can do that with AirLink. And then I looked into AirLink and I was like, okay, well, it's got a 200 megabit bit rate limit right. on it. And then you can increase it through the experimental features with a, a 6 gigahertz router. But I don't have a 6 gigahertz router. Right, because it's so, not a standard router. Correct. And so that was not going to be an option, but the link cable was. And then I looked at the link cable and was like, $79.99 for a cable? Yeah. There has to be another way. No. Um, you can get it for 18 bucks. Yeah. So eBay for $18, I got a USB-C cable with a right, right angle junction on it um, to a USB 3.0 powered extension cable. That's not bad. No, and it was specifically said, you know, it popped up on the results when I was looking at Oculus, right? Mm-hmm. And it popped up and it said, is compatible with Oculus Link Cable for Quest 2. Right. And that was, it. specifically, it was packaged together in two bags that it came in that said, this is for your Oculus. This oh. has been tested and it works. And then I tested it at, tested it 2.4 gigahertz on the cable. Yeah. So, 
I'm that's fine. not bad. That's faster than my link can work. Right. So, so yeah, I'm, you're you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. So, anyways, yeah, like uh, all the things, right? We're working just fine. I know that if you're looking at other cables, another one that was recommended through three YouTube videos I watched was something called Blue Kiwi, which is another one that you can get on Amazon for fairly inexpensive. Yeah. Um, we're talking twenty-ish dollars. Yeah. And no yeah. reason to spend eighty dollars on it's a cable. like you can get, you know, three times the length of the cable for like half the price is what it comes down to. The uh, the link cable is the biggest. Uh, well, it it's the biggest question mark. Is like why are they charging fucking eighty dollars for what is it like a six foot cable or some shit? Uh, it's no, it's five meters, so still oh, about so fifteen feet. Fifteen feet, but it's. <clears throat> I mean, the one I got in there is very obviously about fifteen plus yeah, feet, and and that's pretty much all you would need for a standard living room. Um, it also plays and charges. Yeah, well, I mean, so it basically turns it into a regular VR headset. That's the power of USB C, buddy. And it's so like <laughs> other really neat things, right? So before I put it on the link cable, I obviously played with AirLink, right? And you have to turn on the experimental feature for AirLink to work, but it just updates and then it works. And it, you know, it's originally set up to work with your phone. Is the original? That's the first reason they built the Quest, right? Right. But it's got a higher refresh rate, up to 120 hertz, which I can't get anything to support right now. And I can't get my card to support either. Um, yeah. But then it's got settings for 72 hertz, 80 hertz, and 90 hertz in there. So right now I just put it on the 80 hertz version, yeah. which has been running pretty butter smooth. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Um, and I will say super sampling um, you should probably do on the HMD and not as much on your games. Um, for one reason or another, it just seems to work a lot better through the Oculus menus to just set universal super sampling in it. And it's rendering at 4,000 by 2,000 and something. That's, yeah. I mean, that's pretty crazy. You still need to have something, you know, a, a fairly decent machine to do it that way. But even on the one, the, the first setting, it's mm -hmm. a 3,000 by 19 something. Yeah. Per eye. Per eye, I mean that's that's when it's got a tighter pixel density than the regular Rift does. I mean, and it has very little screen door effect. If it's very hard to see, I couldn't see it. I mean, I don't have the greatest of eyes, but I, I don't either. See it. But it's it was noticeably different than the Windows, uh, the Asus Asus W. What is that? Windows Mixed Reality set I had right. before. Oh, that one was. Uh... It was, it had a very high pixel count, but very low pixel density. Big, and the tracking first fucking VR is what that was. <laughs> and the tracking for inside out tracking on that was not nearly as good. So I did have some tracking issues with it. And then I guess it's a blessing in disguise that Lola ate it and said, you don't need this. Right. No, um, get something better is what she said. And then I finally got something better. And I'm, I'm really happy with my purchase. Even playing. So I played Elite Dangerous mm -hmm. with Airlink to start, which was kind of crazy. Right. Um, without understanding, I just tonight figured out some settings that work pretty good to get it pretty crystal, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, work without a lot of lag. I actually figured out the issue I was having with lag is the fact that I was sitting at 120 Hertz and 90 Hertz and that the NVIDIA series three is having trouble with 90 Hertz. Gotcha. So he set it to 80 Hertz Perfect. problem solved. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was asking Jason and Jason's never flown in VR, right? So. I set up a Sidewinder 
Uh, well, I'll get. I'll just talk about that. So I set up a sidewinder, and I was trying to. I didn't I realize I didn't have the nameplates unlocked because I didn't buy them right. Right. But I was going to name it the Vomit Comet okay. and put A-rated thrusters in it, <laughs> um, so that Jason could fly that around, and if he blew up or got a bounty, who cares? Just go blow the fucking thing up. Right. Um, so I let Jason fly around with that, and Jason, like, what's the difference in playing in VR versus playing in your PC? Head tracking in combat would definitely be great. Yeah. Because um, you, you can look at a target and then select it. Yeah. I mean, it makes it that easy. Uh, it's also easier to see the uh, um, the uh, um, cursors for the hard points. Okay. When your hard points are you mean, active. You mean the, uh, the, uh, the cursors? The, the crosshairs? Reticles. The reticles. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Wow. Wow. The words, man. I, the words. The hey, words. The recticles. Hey, it's my bedtime. <laughs> it's my it's my normal bedtime. This is this is um I'm just after breakfast for me. <laughs> uh I can uh, only so say that for this the, week though. <laughs> the reticles definitely easier to see. But it like floats uh, everything in but a weird it place. Floats everything. Yeah. Which is took a minute to get used to. Yeah. I definitely like being able to navigate all the different HUDs. Yeah, because you've got just the left screen, look. left screen, then the com, t- com panel up into the left, and then the the bottom uh, bottom panel down by between your legs. I think it's really nice to reorient yourself just by looking out your side window because when you have it on PC, right, you're forward facing all the time until you hit head look, and it's really hard to hit head look while you're flying. Because when you hit head look, one of your sticks, a lot of people don't have a HOTAS, right? So a lot of people use a controller, Rusty. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. It's okay. A lot of people use a controller, and so you hit a button for head look, right? It's usually, for me, it's usually the select button on the controller. And then I got to use my right stick to look around, which means I have no thrusters while I'm looking around. Right. But now you have all the thrusters and you just look around and it's easy. Yeah. You're like, Oh, they flew above me. Okay. I'm just going to look up into the right <laughs> and see where they went. Now I can get back on target a lot easier. And then seeing your smoke trails and seeing where everything's at. Yep. Well, like, and actually just being able to, as you're, as you're approaching a ship, even if you're at full throttle and you know, you're going past them, being able to track their position just with a head look. Oh Yeah. When you're, when you're, yeah. when you're pitching towards a, you know, towards your target and they're above you and you just kind of look up and most of the combat ships have a canopy that has an open window above you. So you can kind of look up and see your target and, and then be able to correct your pitch properly. I'm sorry. I'm using a, a, a HOTAS motion with my hand because I'm. He has I, one. I have one, and I've gotten so used to using it that I can't use anything else. <laughs> it's, um, but it's like the sense of scale, too. Even in the Sidewinder, it didn't feel as tiny as you would think, did it? No. Like, it felt no, like... It, the cockpit does feel bigger. Yeah. Yeah, like even the cockpit... At like 30, you know, like, looking at fucking like 60 yeah. degrees, you know? Yeah. In fact, I mean, Rusty saw me doing it. I... I couldn't help myself. I was like looking around the looking around the chair at the rest of the cockpit he or was the bridge behind, behind him. Me. Like there was going to be something behind him. Well, there is something behind you. 
I mean, a lot of the bigger ships have full-size bridges. Yes. So, yeah, there is something to look at. You you can look at it, but there is nothing that you can do with it. But it is kind of neat, though. Like, I put you... so after Until you can, Odyssey. If, you can't even do it there. I yeah. know. I've got stuff I'm going to talk about for Odyssey. I know most of the stuff I'm going to be talking about is Elite Dangerous, just so you understand. But, like, uh, <laughs> so after I trusted Jason to understand the controls of the Sidewinder, um, I threw you in... You went. You got in the cockpits of a couple other ships. You got in the crate that I have. Yep. Um, which has a surprisingly big bridge on it. <laughs> Is that um, the one with the red interior? Yeah. 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 That's what I thought. And then I put him in my Python, which I have kitted out with, you know, engineered A-rated drag drives. Oh, excuse me. Um, fast. And you can tell that it is the boost. When you put full pipes to engines, you can basically just instant. You can continue to boost. Over and over. And over. And over. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, with you sitting down, though, it didn't make you very motion sick, right? No, not at all. It's, and it's because I fixed the, I thought, I'm going to put it in 120 hertz, and it's I'm going to be butter smooth. And, the, and it you know. just, like, has these weird shimmers and graphic glitches and, like, tears and stuff. And it just, it's juddery, and yeah. it's uncomfortable. And I, I I just flipped it back, and it, it works fine. Yeah, well... I mean, with uh, with I mean, at just sixty hertz, it's still fine in you know in VR. You, you get all of the the experience. The only difference between, um, you know, between what you've got for the Quest Two and say the original Oculus is, I mean, the screen door effect is still going to be available on the original Oculus. Like it's going to be a thing, uh, and that's just a function of how the screen's built. Uh, the other thing that uh, that the you know, that my headset has is um, when I'm looking at the Starfield, like when you're flying in a ship, you know, all the way that Elite Dangerous works is you can see all the stars in the Milky Way. Um, those stars are just, you know, point objects, you know, for most of the time. Uh, and those point objects in my headset will have like almost kind of like a streamer effect almost where it's it's kind of like a god ray instead of being just a point in your vision you can kind of see like a ghost's you oh know, uh, no a ghost you ray. definitely see that even with the quest 2 it's really apparent in uh in in the oculus it yeah. doesn't bother me too much to be honest um and i haven't really it, done much in it, vr i just what it is is it's using, especially with the graphic settings that you're running Elite at, you fully feel the effect of all the lens flare yeah. in VR. Um, well, more I can so turn than the, you do. I can turn the bloom down. Yeah. And I think that's what it is, is there's there's a lot of the, you know, a lot of videos on how to, you know, change the settings, you know, in VR for uh, Free Elite Dangerous to make it more comfortable. Um, and one of the things was but, turning down bloom and then turning down your, like your cockpit lights so and you see, can kind of, you know, get it. Dimmer. But see, I was enjoying all of that. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So, and the thing, so like I've gotten to a point of comfort with VR and I didn't realize this, right. That I'm okay with driving humans. And I realized this the other day. So I was like, eh, I'm just going to try it. So, I, you know, I have this game that I haven't played at all called The Morgan, which is kind of an adventure slash hack and slash. Uh-huh. And instead of using a teleport movement, I was like, I'm trying to go, just going to go with it. We're going to do um, 
just full locomotion like Skyrim. Right. And I didn't get sick. And I got very, very used to it very quick. But prior to this, there was a t- And I think a lot of this has to do with the s- frame rate speed and pixel density. Yes. You're... I have a much better headset, which is not making things look artifacty or weird. And so all of this stuff looks really smoothed over. There's even an, so the Quest 2 even has an any aliasing setting out in just the HMD settings on your desktop. Mm-hmm. So you can enable any aliasing on top of whatever you're doing, right? Right. So you can get stuff looking, there's no jaggies in there, like at all. There's no shimmers, no jaggies, no none of that bullshit. And that helps. That's not bad. It helps a lot. I mean, there's still... I can tell a difference in sharpness between my TV and, and the headset, right? But I'm also, like, you know, inches away from the screen. Or or less. Or less. Yeah. So, like, you know... Strapping, you know... Strapping, strapping a TV to my to, face. <laughs> strapping 4K, t- you know, 4K monitors directly we're, to your eyeballs. Sir, we're talking about, with your glasses, a distance of... Three, maybe four centimeters yeah, it's, from your eyeball to the screen. It's pretty close. Um, so you can, it's, you know, it makes things a little bit blurry for me, but not nearly as much as the WMD. I don't know. It was crystal clear for me. Well, so. you don't wear glasses and both of us do. But and when I, I have play highly v- acute vision. When I play VR, I take my glasses off because. I, I don't have that option. You know, well. <laughs> I've gotten rusty. So, yeah, I know. You can't you, see you, a damn thing. No, my eyes are so bad between the two of them uh-huh. that I see a little bit of double without my glasses. That's crazy. So you have a nose and a half. That's how bad my vision is. I have a nose and a half. Yeah, you have a nose and then another nose on the right that's slightly off center. Well, that that's nightmarish. <laughs> yeah, so... Like, I don't have the option of taking off my Where glasses. My so. vision, I can see every pop mark on your nose from here. Well, aren't you fucking Superman? I'm. <laughs> no, he's the one with the hairline. He's got good vision. Uh, I know, right? Hardly any gray. Yeah. Like, when you start to t- deteriorate, it's all going to happen at once. He likes once. to wear a motherfucking kilt because he <laughs> likes his skirt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I like air-cooled balls, bitches. We don't... I hope that you're wearing something underneath that. I mean, we don't want to know. 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 Oh, oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> but anyways. That, that is the number one question. I'll get a bar. Of course. And we're moving on. Um, <laughs> but just like no, the, the, talking about the Quest 2, though, like just. No, I'm not a complete perv. The motion. And everything that's on, I guess, so derailed. <laughs> the the head tracking is good. The battery life on the rem, on the the remotes, the controllers, right, is still sitting at like ninety two or ninety three percent. Yeah, the batteries uh, on the con- on my controllers, and I'm, I imagine that the controllers are not that much different. They just use a single AA each, and I've got rechargeable batteries for when these die. Right, those those last for a while, like. A good while. I'm just, I'm like overall, like everything I'm saying is positive, and there's a reason because my experience has been mostly positive. The hinkiness that I've had, um, mm-hmm. I'll get into in just a second, but trying games out, mm-hmm. I just reloaded a bunch of games that I had from before that I didn't get to fully experience because, you know, my headset died. Right. 
So I've been playing Morgan. I've got through about three levels. That was actually what I was playing and didn't go to bed on time last night uh, while I was talking to you. That's the problem with VR is you can't see a clock. Um, I need to figure out. So there's an experimental feature where it's called a wristwatch Uh so that I can see a clock. You can also flip to your desktop from inside VR and look. Yeah, but that requires buttons. Yeah. Um, So there's... I'm sure there's an, a mod or an overlay that I can do that just puts a clock somewhere. Or or, or you could just ask your uh, Roomba bitch to... Oh, you don't have a Roomba bitch. I don't have Alexa. On purpose. I was not going to say her name for a specific reason, but yeah. Sorry, uh, guys. My, my Robo bitch was, uh, uh, was my alarm clock when I was using it, so... Hey, Alexa. But, oh, you That's bitch. It. So... But, I'll, I'll hit them for you guys. But yeah, I mean, the games that I like in VR, I do like stuff that is a VR experience, and I do like games that are, um, I I, feel, I like dungeon crawlers a lot, and so like I am looking at potentially buying one more game, but I want to actually finish a game or two before I buy another. Yeah. So, Morgan's one, the Morgan is one of the ones I'm going to finish, um, that is, it's kind of, I say Minecraft style, and it's like low poly. Mm-hmm. Um, on the pixel count, but it does a lot of things with lighting effects to make it look really good. Um, and you know, I've been fighting some skeletons and things like that. I've got Skyrim VR, but I'm not. I don't want to jump into a really long form experience right now. Right, and, and I'd want to mod it and do a bunch how of many that fucking shit. times have you played Skyrim? So you know, I'm I'm backburnering Skyrim, but um, Saints and Sinners is one I plan on getting, and then Half-Life Alex before the summer's out is another one I'm going to get. Yeah. I'm waiting for a VR sale is what I am. Yeah, and you'll probably get one in the summer. Um, yeah, like right next month, I feel like there'll be one. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I play. I like Fruit Ninja a lot. Um, I know um, Rusty doesn't, but uh, the tracking in that is really good. That was one of the things that I was trying for tracking was dicking around with cutting fruit. I And I, also playing over AirPlay. Yeah, I did. I tried some experiments before I got the link cable, which I got yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I went in the backyard with AirPlay and played some Beat Saber in my backyard. I mean, um, when you, whenever you want to uh, just walk outside and you know play Beat Saber. Yeah, I did have to set a guardian boundary, boundary out there to do that. <clears throat> but it's really, really, really fucking easy. I mean, you just draw a circle around yourself and that's your boundary. Right. And it does this crazy thing. So it's got an inside, it's got a camera that you can see out of, um, which looks really weird, thermal, black and white thing. But there's a feature in there that lets you set when you cross the boundary, then it takes you back into the, the black and white world, as I call it. Uh, right. Um, the b- in-between world. The in-between world. And then when you get back in, um, you know, then it goes back to your game. It's kind of useful for like when I was playing Elite and I wanted to like just get a... Like, just check to see where the dog's at. I'd just lean my head back. I'm trying to lean, and I can't do that in talking to the microphone. Right. I'd lean my head, my chair back outside of the boundary and then look to see where Lola was at or what she was doing and then just lean back in and then get back in space. Um, I kind of did that a couple times, just looking around and ended up uh, looking at your ceiling. Yeah, it's it's really weird what it does. Um, But it... uh. That feature is nice. You can also double tap the side of the headset to put it in black and white mode so you can see where your controllers are at or something like that without taking off the headset. Um, and like I said, it does play in charge. Now, the hinkiness aside, here's some things that you have to do. 
So in the Oculus files where it installs, mm-hmm. you have to go into the developer toolkit to change your bit rate for your link cable yeah. and change your pixel density on center. So the way that VR works is it, for comfort reasons, it sets the pixel count way higher in the middle or in the, the center of the lenses right. and then lowers it as it branches out. You can basically turn that all the way off. Okay. Yeah. So that's something I do. And then I changed my pixel density on there as far up as was recommended with a couple of different videos. And then I set my bit rate. Depending on the game, um, some games will work at 500. Some will have to work at like 300 for one reason or another. So Car- Carnage Chronicles is another game that I do like that's a roguelike dungeon crawler. Yep. Um, and it does not like the crazy experimental settings. So setting that one at 72 hertz... And setting it at 300 bit rate worked the best for me. Okay. For tracking and for this, you know, so it's not like it's, juddering all over the place. It's kind of a pain in the dick. Um, you so, to... like, that's one of the hinky factors that I've run into is stuff like that. I'll, I'm going to try VR Dungeon Night maybe tomorrow, which is another one that I have um, that is pretty neat. Um, and then, of course, I'm going to play a lot more Elite Dangerous. So, right. Elite. Elite. Yes. Looks Elite. Plays Elite. And yes. then. Um, I've got all the controller settings in a way that you don't have to do anything outside of a controller. Yep. So, and my settings weren't that much different than Jason. So, like, no. I was able to give Jason my controller and let him fly around um, with the uh, controller. I just had to know where he had the landing gear bound to. Yeah, I and have. And then I figured everything else out from there. I'll say that, like, one of the things that mm-hmm. was... Um, that helps with your... Let me tell you, like, the two biggest things that I think... Start off with the uh, classic context because mm-hmm. you hold down the face buttons and then it shows you the other functions. So it, it pulls up a little, not menu, but little sticker. So you don't have to remember as hard where things are at. And then, of course, you can rebind where things are at with the context sensitive. But if you do that, that makes life way easier. And the other thing is, is don't bind boost and head look to your thumbsticks. Bind left and right thrust, left thrust to left thumbstick press. Right thrust or right thumbstick press, and now you can get or those. Or if maneuver- you have an elite controller, use your paddles. Uh, I guess that's that you- what I do. Okay, so you if- bastard. Yeah, uh, it's if you're- okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. I can't. I can't fault you for having extra buttons because I have. I have all of the buttons. I have literally. Every- I start saying your hotas is fucking ridiculous when it comes to buttons. So. But out of that was what I made work, and I think the majority of elite players are probably using some kind of controller. I know that a handful of people are crazy and use a mouse and keyboard. I do not understand that. They're unique individuals. I, I cannot imagine I, flying with a mouse. I couldn't either. It's just too finicky. Honestly, once you get used to the controller, you can fly pretty damn well with the controller. Yeah. Um, but lateral thrusters are a must, so I absolutely recommend binding left and right thruster to your thumbsticks. And, you know, that took me, that's like a day of me dicking around, like on my brakes at work and figuring stuff out, like having thrusters. Now, Mr. Moneybags over here bought a, a Hotas, what, like four years ago? About four years ago, yeah. And and it's been and in my closet, fucking like covered up so it didn't get any dust on it. Um, but you hooked your Hotas back up. I did. I hooked up. I, I, I said, fuck it. I'm going to play Elite Dangerous. And I said, I already have this fucking Hotas. Now, there is a massive, like, hump to get over when you hook up OTOS, and that is you have to rebind everything. 
And I mean everything. And this game has so many keybinds in it that it took like hours to get it right. But now it flies like a dream, man. I've got all kinds of fucking things I can do with it, and I can do it all in VR without looking at anything. But you still haven't used your headset. No, I have. I've oh, used, did, did, I've, did you use it with I the played DOS? it for a, a couple couple hours. I was doing some of the courier missions, and because uh, I'm 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 grinding Imperial rank, so I was just doing courier missions, going back and forth between so stations, flying with the. Uh, <laughs> so now I know there's a hotel shortage because of flight sim, but which. Right. The one you're using is it's a pretty the, popular one for Elite, right? It is. Uh, it's the X56, uh, you know, Hotas. It's the Logitech version. There's a Satech version that no longer exists because Logitech bought them out. I was thinking about getting the Satech way back when. Yeah, the well, it's now owned by Logitech, and it's it's not uh, it's not bad for uh, for a Hotas setup. It's it's a flight stick and throttle, right? It's a flight stick and throttle is what I picked up. Um, and I think it's, you know, normally retails for like three or 400 bucks or something like that, which it seems like a lot for, you know, for a HOTAS. But when you start looking at like the, the Warthog where the flight stick alone is like 500 bucks, uh, you mean, you can go, yeah. you, you can go into the stupid range you know, with, uh, yeah. you where, know, with the HOTAS stuff. Where with, with this, the Logitech gives you enough customization options with both the throttle and the and the stick. I I mean I've got uh, you have more than you, enough buttons. Oh yeah. Rusty, can you export the settings? Uh, for the config file for that, I can export the custom keybinds for Elite Dangerous. So and I it, have because. When I when I had I had a uh, an issue a couple days ago where I booted up the game without my controller connected to my you know, PC and uh, Elite didn't like that because one of my keybinds was still hooked up to the controller and I hadn't moved it away from that yet um, and when it didn't see that there was a controller it got you know, it set me to the, you know, the base mouse and keyboard. And I thought I had lost my custom keybinds. And I'm like, I don't want to go through another three hours or the fucking, you know, custom keybind setup for this. Um, but as soon as I hooked up the controller, rebooted the game, it was fine. So I was like, I'm caught. I'm going to find where this fucking uh, config file is and I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it away just so that if I need to, put it back in i got it and then um because i was using somebody it's like a modified version of somebody else's keybinds and they did mm -hmm. a, and there's a i guess there's a website that you can go that will allow you to uh to take a picture of uh of the uh hotos and then put in what each keybind is actually so that you have a visual guide to what you know what button goes where and I still have that on my desktop, so if I needed to rebind everything, it's a, it's a good way of doing it. But, um, yeah, it, it it is it is extremely nice to have you know buttons that don't require modifiers. You know, the Steam overlay will let you do it too while you're in the game. Well, kind of the the way that the Hotos works is it works. 
as a uh, uh, as a Microsoft controller, and it has like it doesn't tell what like a trigger is going to be Joy One, for instance. Whereas one of the toggle switches on the throttle will be like Joy Twenty Five or some shit, right? Uh, and there isn't a good way to get a idea of what toggle means what number until you really go through it. And that's what really makes the, you know, the, the setup for that take so long is that right, you need to No, what I'm saying is once you have it set up, mm -hmm. all you got to do while you're in game is shift tab, go to the controller settings and export them. Well, like I said, it's, it doesn't see it like the same. It doesn't see it like a normal controller in steam. So, it, it, it's a little bit different. The HOTA setup is definitely worth it, though. The amount of immersion that you get just from being at a, you know, just playing it on a on a normal screen with the HOTAS is uh, it's 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 so much better than you know than a controller. It, oh, I, I absolutely don't doubt that it's better than a controller. You get finer movements out of it too, because you know you can set the curve, the the actuation yeah. curve of the of the stick, uh, and the throttle, so that you can actually get really fine movements out of it, um, which makes which makes flying just it's it's just it's just way way better. Um, the the options that I get, like you were talking about head look, right? Uh, and without the VR, I didn't have a head look option. I had it available on a, you know, on a little analog stick on the, th you know, on the, the flight stick itself. But my analog stick on there is actually not working correctly. So it always leans to the right. Um, and instead of having something that was going to jerk my head left and right really quickly. I, uh, I just changed that. I set the dead zone really high so that it didn't, uh, it didn't always turn right. I have to move the stick all the way to the right to actually get it to go, which works well for SRV steering. So I was doing it that way. I was making fun of Rusty the other day because I'm over here like, uh, Planet Burnout Paradise in my uh, SRV, if driving around, and he's uh, learning how to drive with a flight stick. Yeah, so the flight stick for the <laughs> SRV is a little bit different because I mean, you don't you don't push and pull a throttle when you're getting in a, into a car. You press down a pedal and then you hit a brake button, a, a pedal, and then you switch gears to go in reverse. Well, I'm I'm using a knob on the uh on the throttle that has a forward uh and back and like a dead zone in the middle so i can move it forward and then go back you know go so your left reverse. hand is still gas so my left hand is still moving the or is still controlling the speed and my right hand uses the little analog stick that doesn't work so great for head look. It works perfectly fine for uh, for driving. So I'm using that little stick, like the little tiny fucking analog stick on this thing, to control my left and right on the, uh, you know, on the SRV. But that allows me to use the full stick itself for the turret. 
So now I can actually drive the SRV in turret mode and can completely control the turret and where I'm driving. It's It requires separating your brain because your thumb is going to be doing something completely different than your hand. Well, I mean, that's um, essentially how I drive right now, too, is you know, just <laughs> go in turret mode. And I got so used to it that I can move the turret independently while I turn because I turn with my left thumb and I turn the turret with my right thumb. Right. It's like playing a twin stick shooter kind of. Well, it's a little bit different for me, but that that's, I mean, SRV is probably the, the weakest of the control schemes that I've got. Um, the, uh, the, the full flight experience on the Hotas is really fucking great because imagine like the, the throttle itself slides forward and back. And the way I have it set up is that, um, it has a middle zone that's got like, uh, 20% of the movement is a dead zone in the middle. So it's easy yeah. to set to zero throttle. Right. So I can set it to the middle and there's like a 20% little plays where it doesn't actually go forward or back. So I can set it to the middle to, you know, to go, you know, to, to go all stop. How's it, how's it with flight assist off? Um, flight assist off is a switch on the you know on the hotas that's right at the top and i flip it down and that little so that little switch is very easy to get to if i flip that down that requires uh, flight assist off requires you know some getting used to because the way that flight assist off is is basically like what a uh, what a space shuttle would experience it's, in real space. You just counter each direction with the opposite direction. Right. You have to actually, you know, and if you, um, you know, even if you're moving forward and you go to zero throttle, you're still going to be moving forward. So it takes some getting used to with the, th uh, with the HOTAS, but that's where you start using your, um, uh, your thrusters a little bit more. Uh, and you don't hit the thrusters as hard as you would with flight assist off or flight assist on. Um, I've, like I then, said, I'm not, I'm not my, I don't feel like I'm as good a pilot as I was before yet, mm -hmm. but I've gotten to the point where me and Rusty played a lot and talked in steam quite a bit over the last week and a half. Yeah. And I was doing a lot of dog fights with partially using a lot of the flight assist off stuff and i was feeling a lot more comfortable with it and me and being a little bit obsessive like watched different videos on the best way to get the best angle of attack and when to use flight assist and when not to use it and i think i've gotten to a point where i can mostly orbit a ship there is there there's a couple of different videos that you can watch you know on uh on youtube uh there is a, an entire group of people who play this game completely with flight assist off. Well, um, I've, I've found that some of the people that have like the higher kill counts, the people that feel like they're really good with PVP, mm -hmm. use it very selectively. Oh. And so they use it for getting in better positions mm -hmm. and then reuse flight assist to get a little bit more stable movement for for better aim control, basically. Yeah, the biggest thing that most people will experience when they turn flight assist off for the first time is the, uh, um, you know, they lose control of their ship. Uh, yeah, they just start spinning all over the place. Right. So, you know, you end up just, like, cartwheeling through space because you're overcorrecting all the time. Um, 
this video I was watching, there was a guy that's, you know, that uh, does like a flight assist off boot camp video where uh, all he, you know, all he recommends is you get into a sidewinder, just your fucking is this the guy that tells you to go orbit asteroids? No, this guy wants you to uh, to uh, to fuck around with uh, space stations first. So, you know those uh, uh, space station that has like the habitat ring that goes around. Yeah, um, that habitat ring has a you know there's a couple different you know points of speed for the habitat ring. Like there's an inner and an outer ring, and the way he has you. Uh, get used to flight assist off is to pick a spot on the ring and then follow that ring around, you know, follow it around. So you have to constantly change where your vector is, you know, and how you're applying your thrust to keep that point uh, on the ring moving. When we uh, produce this, if you can give me the link, I'll put that in the description. Yeah, it's that's, that's hella useful. That is, it is, a challenge flight assist off flying is a is a big challenge and that is and this guy he's like i haven't played with flight assist on for you know years uh so he does everything in the game with flight assist off which takes that that takes a, a lot of skill I, w- I will say though like the rewarding factor of uh at least just gotten better i know we've talked all about it a lot the last month or so i just there's been a lot of improvements on the game and everything from combat to Jason, not to get to play as much this week, but Jason's starting to make his millions getting closer to the Python at this point. Cause you're past yep. 50 million, right? Yep. Ah, uh, cute. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Moneybags Fuck over here. This bitch. billion dollars. I, 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 I Rusty, the billion. Yeah, actually, Rusty I grinded just... mining for a week to get a billion. Yeah. Um, Last week, uh, when we recorded, I had just bought my Python. Nice. So that's a huge improvement for mining for you. So the next mining run, you basically are going to pay off your Python. Pretty much. Basically, you can get yourself about fifty-five million in a you know in a haul with a Python. I mean, the fact that you have two sixty-four. Shit, I have three of the sixty-four. Yes, yeah. you got to you got to put a smaller shield in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without getting into the all the minutia for those that don't play elite, yeah, it's it's highly customizable. It's it, it it scratches the same itch that we all experienced when we were playing BattleTech because you can switch out modules, tw- uh, you know, kind of change out things, kind of min max and tweak uh, in, tweak your ship instead in of Pokemac, it's Pokeship. Yeah, it's and it's a little harder to get those uh, those ships, I'd say, um, um, a little bit, but. Once you're a billionaire, you can buy anything you want. So. Hey, and uh, <laughs> quick uh, semi-pro tip, I guess. Uh, Steiner Station has a lot of modules. That's where I'm home basing. Yeah, but if you get to Elite and you get to Shinrata Desera, then that's basically the only place that you'll ever buy modules. Because yeah, but the road to Elite does take a, is a little while. I didn't have the time to grind like you did to get it. And I, did, I sort of did. If I'd have spent all last week doing mining, I probably could have gotten my Elite because... I checked my stats, and I guess I'm at six hundred and fifty million worth of money made so far. Yeah, and that's not bad. I mean, you only need like four hundred million more, and I, you're done. Like we all play at different levels. Rusty is gets pretty hyper focused on a goal, and then finishes that goal before he moves to something else. Yep. Jason plays off and on, but is still making money. And then I usually, 
I've got enough money with mining to feel comfortable. And then I went and did engineer stuff. And then I went and did some combat and I'm doing a rep grind with just whatever mission I want to do. Um, and now I'm playing in VR. So, yeah, I mean the, the, you know, the, the rep grind in, you know, specifically in VR was, you know, it was fun. I just, there's a different, there's a, there's the efficient rep grind, which Rusty's doing, which is the data delivery slash money bags way. You can, you know, you buy your use... way to riches, but it's not, once you have a decent pillow of money, yeah. um, 500,000 and a million is not a crazy amount to spend. It, it really isn't. And on the missions, on the data delivery missions, you make some of that money back. Yeah. Um, I've been doing, I've been trying everything, right? So I did the go kill a turret. I did the go hunt pirates. I've done the go kill other people and then get a bounty on your head for three days. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've done the, because uh, that really did happen. That was kind of, that sucked. Yeah. Um, and I've done the go scan an nav beacon and find a pirate and then go attack him. Um, and then realize that they're rated elite and that you need the help of the cops to to fix the situation, the space cops. Yeah. So, um, but all elite things aside, um, have either of you played any other games? Well, before we get into that, I do want to finish. So with the quest two. Oh, thank you. Rusty, Ru- Rusty tested something. Yeah. Um, the the biggest things that I wanted uh, wanted to test with the quest two because I mean I overspent for my setup for the Oculus because I had issues with tracking. Uh, and how many cameras do you have right now? I have four. 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 Um, and the original Oculus doesn't officially support four. Uh, and it, he had to buy. A- Buy a USB expansion card to make it work. And how many buy, cables do you have plugged in? Because have, each one of those cameras requires a cable, right? Right. So those those cameras require a cable, and I have two extension cables for the uh, for the back USBs. I had to buy a uh, a USB card, a PCI card for uh, uh, for my setup. Uh, the first card wouldn't work. Because the amount of power that I needed to uh, to run the back cables and the extensions were uh, it wasn't enough for that, so I needed to buy like a server grade fucking USB exten- expansion card with its own controllers, uh, which was a hundred dollars by itself. Um, <clears throat> so basically, it it came down to the whole setup costing well over a grand um you know $60 for the cameras a bunch of money for cables a bunch of money for not not to mention a couple hours worth of hiding usb extension cables and they still have cables everywhere and 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 threading an hdmi cable and a usb cable through through mm -hmm. a goddamn mesh sleeve so and I'm yeah. at a, like three hundred and twenty dollars for everything I've bought so far. Right. So the so the the biggest thing that I wanted to test, uh, first thing I did actually when I came over and I was able to actually get the headset on my face was turn on Beat Saber because if uh, if there was going to be any tracking issues or any any issues whatsoever as far as you know how it renders things, how it does a bunch of other stuff, I'd be able to tell 
right away in Beat Saber. Quick side note, because I've been calibrating it right. So I Mm -hmm. had been turning super sampling up in games, but not in the headset. Yeah. When you first tried it, it is effectively at like 6K. Right. So, so you can turn the settings down. So I uh, I started up, and of course, I, I, I'm not the greatest Beat Saber player, but I play an expert. Uh, and I started an expert song on on his Quest 2 and failed in the first like five seconds. And well, I'm the like, controllers are different than what you're used yeah, to. Yeah, so the controllers for the Quest 2 have the sensor rings above the the control pad whereas the uh, original oculus has the rings down below your uh, i think it's because as you hold them in front of your face the cameras need to see the sensor right and that's and and the camera needs to be isn't on your face so it needs to be on the opposite side so the outside in tracking for the original oculus that you know the rings on the bottom make sense and the ins, you know, inside-out tracking for the Quest 2, it makes sense for those rings to be up where the cameras can see them. The um, Are they smaller controllers? Uh, they're about the same size. It's just a difference in the orientation of the ring is in all. Which you have the regular Oculus 1? Yeah, it's like the, f- the first generation Oculus. I forget exactly what the uh, the model specification is. but It's, it's not the exact first it's, one, but it's, it's like in that first generation. Rift. Right. Right. Yeah, it's just the original Rift. So you, you got that thing two years ago? No, it's been no. it's been more than that. Because wait, been I, got, I got four the, years. I got the Windows Mixed Reality back in 2018, and I bought the the Oculus about oh two weeks after I played Beat Saber on that Windows Mixed Reality headset. Yeah, on my first right, which actually cost me more than this. Right. So no, wait, no, I got it on sale on Amazon for 180 bucks. Right. Yeah. So when I was uh, so I started up. You know, Beat Saber started one of the, uh, started up an expert song on on there, uh, and failed in five seconds. And I'm like, now this is not right. This can't be right. This this this, this I know I could play this song, uh, and I saw that he had a super sampling in Beat Saber turned to like 1.4. And I'm like, oh god, there's there's your problem. well. I also had super sampling. That's what I was saying earlier. I had super sampling already cranked up in the Oculus settings because I was fixing elite right so you were fucking multiplying on multipliers and it was uh uh it was causing some you know some jankiness and you know in how it was working as soon as i tweaked a couple settings and one of the settings that you should always turn off and beat saber if you if you have any issues playing beat saber the first thing you should do is go into beat saber's uh you know settings panel and turn down or do, do uh, reduce debris, uh, which basically makes it so that the blocks don't split when you uh, when you hit them. They just kind of like poof out of existence. Um, it's way easier for your eyes to deal with less of that movement, and it also fixes a lot of the graphical issues because you don't have uh, physics dealing with you know falling blocks, right? Uh, so it takes a lot of stress off your computer and your eyes. You should just, that's a setting that you should, you should always change. Um, sure, it looks better, but after a while, especially at, uh, at expert or higher, you're, you the so only thing you're going to see coming is, at you that, the only thing you're yeah. going to see is split blocks. And that's, you know, and that's already, and it's already hard to track that shit with your eyes. 
So I turned that off, turned down super sampling, and I was able to uh, to to get it to a playable state. Uh, and it only it took me like as soon as I did that, I was able to finish the song. Right? Yeah. Um, and you only missed that first song. I think you only missed two. Yeah, and then on the second song I did, I only missed one. Uh, and I was seven ninety nine out of eight hundred. Right, seven ninety nine out of eight hundred. But the the big thing with the songs that I chose is that it had, um, it, it have had movements that required one hand to go under the other hand, which for outside in tracking isn't much of a problem, but for inside out tracking, that can cause an issue depending on how deep because that, you that have swipe well, is. cross because you have the sensors crossing each other, right? So. Normally, inside-out tracking on some of the, you know... Sometimes I would, it would look like I threw my saber and then it would come back as yeah. it came back out. So, like, it would complete the slice, but then it would be a little bit disorienting. Right. Because, you know, my left hand might have gone under and then disappeared from view. And then I look to the right, you know, while I'm doing it, and it's like three feet away. And then as soon as it picks it back up when I'm looking at it, then it jumps right back into my hand. Right. The I think that might also have been a function of you know, overworking your PC with the, uh, uh, with the super sampling as well, because as soon as you start doing that, it has trouble actually, uh, you know, processing. No, this wasn't recently. This was when I was, that was with the mixed reality. Oh, with the mixed reality. Yeah, for sure. Um, with, uh, with the inside out tracking on the quest, that was, impressive like i was saying a couple you know on a couple times like there's a couple uh uh, quick bits in there where you know if your tracking is off you're gonna notice it on the crossbody slices and then the you know and the uh the 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 really tight groups yeah the quicker sequences where you have to move your hands really quickly in a short you know in a short session it looks kind of like you're drumming almost kind of like you're drumming yeah um if the tracking is wrong there, it's not going to pick up all of the fine movements that you're doing with that. Um, I had no problems. Obviously, I was able to pick, you know, 799 out of 800, which is, I mean, it's, that's not bad at all. Uh, you know, you know, you could only that. get better if you didn't miss one block. <laughs> I mean, I have full comboed the song before. It's just, I'm, I don't know. I I don't. I wasn't really super concentrating. I was trying to figure out exactly how to hold the controllers because my Rusty likes to hold it like a fucking T Rex. So (laughs) he like claw hands it down. My my grip on the (sighs) Oculus controllers at home is completely different than what it would be with the Quest Two. Um. So with the Quest Two, uh, the controllers I kind of have to hold them like you would a drumstick. Or a sword. Well, kind of. I'm, I'm, yeah. Yes. Like a, like a, like like a a saber. Like a saber. Like a saber. Almost like, like, like it's meant to be played except for, you know, the people that are on YouTube doing the really crazy shit that claw hand everything. Well, I mean. That like to look ridiculous when they're like, so think of a T-Rex aggressively scratching a fence post. (laughs) And that's what Rusty likes to look like. Like a complete and utter fool. Instead of a lightsaber <laughs> god, he likes to look like a ridiculous, yeah, rabid squirrel scratching at the air. I will, 
I will attest to this. Having played, <laughs> having played Beat Saber on that rig, I can attest to this. That allows you to hit a lot of blocks with just a wrist turn, right? Instead of having to instead move your of whole moving arm. your whole arm. The uh, the 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 big thing about the grip for the original Oculus is just to get the the butt of the controller into the ball of your palm. That's, I mean, however you want to hold the controller, as long as you're not covering up the sensor lights, you know, the getting it to that point makes it so that you have, you know, more control specifically for your, uh, for your out swipes. So I'm, I'm actually, you know, holding my hands out in front of me, like I am fucking a T-Rex, right? But I know that it's more efficient. I know that I'm used to playing, well, I can play some light drums, right? And to me, having it feel more like a drumstick, not in French grip, but in like uh, whatever standard grip yeah, is, standard grip, yeah, um, is to me more natural because I balance it between my thumb and my index finger, right, and let it wobble a little bit when I'm doing it. Most of the weight of the controller when I'm holding it at home on the original Oculus is sitting into the ball of my palm, and I'm controlling it more with my index finger. So I've got the index finger kind of wedged in between the round part on the top of the controller and the ring. And that allows me to kind of pivot off of that for outward swipes and, you know, angled down swipes. Tiger claw. And it, well, I mean, it's, it, it really does make a difference tiger, in how tiger, you. Tiger, tiger, <laughs> <laughs> it makes a difference in how you play uh and it you know if you haven't tried a different grip i mean there's a you know you, you can go online there's a lot of people that you know that do this shit at a much higher level than me that you know, can suggest different grips for different controllers and i mean literally different strokes for different folks but really but i i know the claw grip is the preferred grip of the People like a Super Saiyan that game. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not a Super Saiyan. I am I am still a fat ass, and I still have lots of mass to move. Um, but I'm able to actually play that game at a uh, at a you know at a decent level. So after playing it with Inside Out tracking on the Quest Two versus that, it's not bad. I I was actually saying during the during the level i'm like that's impressive that was you know and this is coming from the most uh critical person in the room by when it comes a factor to, of two on when anything it, when it comes to tracking on you know in vr the biggest you know biggest immersion breaker for me especially if it's a game that requires your controllers to be very accurate um Tra- you know a tracking issue you know like in beat saber will ruin the experience of you know of a level um and i did not have any issues after adjusting my grip and fixing some of the graphic settings it was able to actually pick up all of the fine movements that I expected and didn't do anything weird like throw the fucking saber off to the left or whatever you know so if I had reviewed this two weeks ago where AirLink was broken, you had to use virtual desktop and a bunch of other stuff, I'd have given like a three, three uh, tilt cast uh, tease, I guess. I don't know. The um, star program. Star program. Um, right where I'm at right now, I'm giving it for, there's a lot of things, right? So I'm giving it a five for value. Oh, um, yeah. For, for sure. Because I was going to get a, you know, a, an index. 
and I'm not. It doesn't have hand tracking, but whatever. Well, it does. Um, I'm giving it a, uh, for tracking, I'm giving it a four. For visual fidelity, I'm giving it like a four seven because the literally the only thing you can get that looks better right now is that Pimax or an index. There's, and the index is questionable. There's uh, there's an HP version of a Windows Mixed Reality headset that has a higher uh, higher resolution in the eyes, but I mean, but then you'd have it's to use Windows Mixed Reality. You have to you know you have to actually fuck around with that a little bit more. And you have to use the beta Windows Mixed Reality software, and a lot of the games. So I'll tell you from using Mixed Reality. Oh uh, yeah, there's that's a, the reverb. Yeah. There's a lot of extra settings and custom controller settings that you have to do to get it to work right with Steam, and right. I had to do all of that stuff before, and it's a pain in the ass. Because this is Oculus-branded product, it works. You, you got Oculus and Vive, which are the two major players on Steam, Yeah, and this is way more inexpensive than a Vive well, the, or uh, Index. The software suite for uh, for Oculus, no matter, you know, if you... Just turn your brain off to the fact that you have to have a, uh, a Facebook account. The software suite for Oculus, as far as getting it set up and making the tweaks that, like you were, you know, doing for the bit uh, bit rate, there is accessible. I mean, yeah, it's it's not like it's not overly hard to do well, for the hinkiness look- of setting it up with this. So with the cable and then figuring out the bit rate thing, which wasn't a standard setting, you had to go into the toolkit to figure out. Right. Um, At that, least it had a toolkit. Yeah, but it thing. has all of that. So. That knocks it down to about a uh, 3.75 on that part of it. So, like, overall, like, I'm giving it about a four and a half. Oh, the other thing that is a little bit trash is the headset. The The head strap is a little bit trash. The, yeah, it's and little... I bought a piece of rubber that fits in the back of your head like a weird <laughs> suction cup that holds it differently. Right. Uh, for about $17 on Amazon that was highly recommended by a couple of different YouTubers, it made a fairly substantial difference. Another thing it has that's standard is a glasses spacer, which is a huge deal for me. Oh, yeah, for um, sure. And I can get different face plates as I want to as well, but the glasses spacer giving you another quarter inch for your glasses um, was a huge thing. Now, that does leave a little bit of space where your nose is at, which I'm actually okay with. There are a couple of times that I don't want to go into the the alternate reality mode where I can't see or hear anything. So I'm okay with that. Doesn't have the over the ear headphones, right? Yeah. But it has a headphone jack on it that you could just plug in um, for earbuds or whatever else. I was mm. telling Rusty, my head's hot because I was wearing my big ass cans. Yeah. You need to over get, the top of that. You need to get fucking like these kind of earbuds, like the, the I've got some the somewhere. I just yeah. didn't want to dig, dig around with it. But you're right though. I mean, that is the one thing I'll say about it, and I'd probably give the headset a three on this, is that it is awful heavy front heavy. On, on the front of your face with the standard strap as it is. Oh, the fabric um, strap sucks. That, that was kind of, that was fatiguing my face as I was playing. Yeah. Just for, just for the 20 minutes that I played it. So, getting a... Uh... So, a, a eighteen dollar suction cup or whatever it was, seventeen eighteen dollar suction cup thing for the back of your head. But that stabilizer reduced the weight significantly. Yeah, that band cup is actually pretty bit uh, uh, a a pretty big thing. You can get the uh, you know the Oculus branded like Pro Strap or whatever the hell it well, has I, like a back cup on it. 
there's a there's a lot of different reviewers that review head straps for this thing. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that are putting the elite one, the elite head strap down like four or five spots over a lot of aftermarket models. Right. And, and this is fairly moddable in a way that you're not having to like retool something on there. Like a lot of this stuff just works with the existing yeah. gear to reset it up. Yeah. I mean, I've had to do my fair share of funky shit with my, uh, mean, with my headset. You had to do that damn funky ass wire repair for oh, the oh yeah i mean the original uh the original oculus has a uh a fairly known uh well-known issue where the uh that they fixed with the rift 2 right but i mean I'm, I'm not gonna buy a new fucking headset for it but the uh uh it, the original rift comes with you know you know basically like headphones you know built into the strap but it's powered through a ribbon cable that goes all the way around the back of your uh, of your head. Well, as you're putting it on, you're stretching the uh, uh, that, that that ribbon cable that ribbon cable, and after a while, it gets fatigued and breaks. Well, what that means is that the left speaker dies. Uh, so the only way to get you know sound in the left speaker after that is to. Uh, <laughs> modify a uh, uh an old beat up fucking you know piece of uh cable that you you know that I just harvested from a uh uh from a, a dead pair of earbuds and connect it to the connector on the left ear post or the right ear post and wrapped it around the back and connected it to the left ear post and that gave me stereo sound but that means I've got an extra cable that I've got taped to the back of my fucking uh, uh, my strap. And that was um, <laughs> the the cables in these, uh, you know, in these uh, earbuds, the, the gauge of the wire is kind of tiny. <laughs> yeah, you got to get out the tweezers. Uh, and I was and I don't have the greatest of eyesight. So I had to get the magnifying glass out to make sure that I was stripping it properly and uh uh and i had to wrap like three line uh, three strands of copper around a a post that was maybe like a millimeter tall and then try to press that into the contact point on the you know <laughs> on the thing and then screw it with a plastic screw it was a pain in the dick um that, i think all of this goes to say <laughs> like i think oculus is in a good space with this yeah and it's a really reasonable space. The, they've, they've learned their lessons on their previous versions, that's for sure. And just, like I said, I mean, it's not that expensive to get a third-party USB-C to regular USB-powered uh, USB-3 extension cable. Yeah. And plug that sucker in, because I'm not having really any issue with that. And it plays and charges. So, heavy play on that is about two hours before it starts to die. Um which ain't bad for something that will pair with your fucking phone. Yeah, and you can. And just there do it is anywhere. no unless you are playing mobile. Um, there's no real reason to get anything bigger than the 64 gig. Yeah, I mean, if I'm you, literally storing nothing on it right now. Yeah, if you take it, you know, take it with you for VR. Like, uh, who, who, who would take VR? With well, them? no, there. Here's. Oh, um, we're gonna move to the new section soon, but the. Uh, <laughs> It has that same fidelity uh -huh. on the mobile store. Nice. Okay. Um, 
it struggles with the same fidelity through AirLink because it's a lower bitrate. But the thing that it does differently, instead of just struggling with graphics and tearing, is it just lowers the visual fidelity to make sure that it has a high refresh rate. Okay. So, so And it's got built-in anti-aliasing, so it just smooths out the edges and your stuff looks less defined so that you can play it without getting sick. So it's possible to load Beat Saber directly onto the headset, have no other connection, and be able to play it in your, you know, in your front yard. Yeah. I mean, I told you. I went to my backyard. And you were using AirPlay. Using AirPlay in my backyard. It says have no obstructions, but like I guess it was seeing it through the window or something. I guess. And I was playing it at night because I didn't want to be somebody to peek over my fence and be like, what the fuck is that guy doing? <laughs> so I was playing it at night, and I had the back light porch light on as Lola was taking a dump, and I was playing Beat Saber. Uh, the inside-out tracking actually works better in uh, well-lit rooms also, by the way. That's, um, yeah. I've got a lamp that I turn on. Right. But anyways, I digress. Uh, Quest 2, um, that was uh, that's the best VR... It's one of the best VR experiences I've had, honestly. It's got the the rusty tracking seal of approval. It's able to play expert you know expert songs on Beat Saber, which is more than I can say for a lot of cheaper headsets. Yeah, um, yeah. and it doesn't feel like a cheap headset. It doesn't. As soon as you put the the back cup on that yeah. that fabric strap is really ass, <laughs> but <laughs> it's functional, but only barely. <laughs> yeah. So that, do we want to move on to taking a break so we can do some news? Sure. All right, guys, we'll be back. And we're back. Yeah. Yeah. So, man, we were talking all kinds of shit. Worm, um, yeah. mostly bullshit. Bullshit, yeah, but um, you know, how much we love VR now. Um, right. Well, we, we we never didn't like VR. Yeah. I stopped playing it, and then Rusty's been mostly just playing Beat Saber. That's all I do. That's all I play. And, and I just stopped playing it because I didn't have the ability. And Lola is um, used to be pretty hard to keep track of. And make sure she's not doing something. No. And now, I mean, she still, like, does a couple of things. But she's got a routine now. Yeah, she's got a routine. She's got to go to the kiddo's room <laughs> and uh, sniff her rug and <laughs> the uh, dirty laundry I refuse to touch. And uh, jump up on the bed, get under the covers, and then get out of there. And then, like, do some head, some head rubs on the rug and then get out. And occasionally she puts a paw on my, the back of my neck while I'm in VR. Oh, that's nice. Um, and then licks the back of my ears to get my attention. Oh. Uh, because she wants pets or she wants to be tucked in. Um, but pretty minor. She's fucking... She's been spoiled since the last time she ate your headset. Um, but she doesn't... I don't have to worry about her chewing on shit she shouldn't. Um, you know, She's so grown up. She's not a puppy anymore. No. Yeah, she's, she's grown up. So that's... Uh, now I can use VR. That's what I was getting around to. Yeah. Now I can use VR. And I mean, you were playing Beat Saber and she wasn't fucking with you the whole time. No. She was chewing on her bone in front of you. I was just more worried you were going to... I wasn't going to step forward. I well, don't... I think she'd move, to be honest with you. Yeah. I wasn't going to step forward. But like when I was playing uh, the Morgan the other night, I was swinging swords and stuff like that. And she just like 
after a while, she's like, you're not fucking paying attention to me. I'm going to go hide under my covers. <laughs> so, you know, she's not stimulated by the hand movement, which was a big deal. Oh, well, she definitely does get stimulated about what's on the screen sometimes, though. I have heard her go off crazy when we were playing other games that comes up. Well, there's you know, a inventory system in the Morgan where you hit like one of the face buttons on the stick mm -hmm. and it pulls up a pouch in front of you and then it's got little squares where you just put items in and uh -huh. that's your inventory, which is it's kind of like Resident Evil sort of, Yeah. but each item takes a square. So you just take the item you want and you put it in a square and then you're done, right? Well, the pouch icon jumping up on the screen because, you know, you got the screen mirror going on on the TV right? Um, really bothers her for some reason. She just doesn't like certain things. She will pick a thing and she will be like, that thing does not is not it does not jive. Mm -hmm. It does not look good. But that also means you guys get a little bit more VR news and then uh I'm really good at doing stuff on the cheap. So I will help you stay reasonable and if you want the primo in then Rusty will help you stay reasonable not reasonable at all. But uh <laughs> we'll help you I understand will try not to over engineer shit. <laughs> but well at least if you are very particular about things, Rusty will help keep you calibrated there as well. Yeah. So with that being said, um there's a lot of game releases that Rusty's gonna miss while he's out. <laughs> Um, tell us about a couple of what, tell us what's going on. I'm, I'm really curious cause I'm going to tell you what I'm going to play and what I won't play. So, I mean, there's, there's a few, uh, there, there's a few. So I decided to go on vacation. Then I started looking at what games have, you know, are going to release during my vacation. And I'm like, holy fuck, dude, I'm going to miss like four big releases and, you know, in the period of time that I'm going to be away. The first one, the first one. Is something Jason's looking forward to. Oh, yeah. Le Mass Effect Legendary Editions coming out on, you know, the PlayStations, the Xboxes, the, and, and PC. And the PCs on, on, on the 14th yeah. on Friday. And I even discussed in our break, I was like, so guys, I know Jason's going to be playing this day one and has it pre-ordered. I'm probably going to wait for a sale. I will eventually get this as I do want to play it, but... Um, I, there's some other things that are on my radar for this month. I mean, I've played these games before. It's been a few years. Um, but it would Jason's yeah. replayed the, them more than anybody at this uh, table, of course. The, the main difference is they're pushing everything they can out of Unreal Three, and from modding it the way I have, uh, from modding three, um, if if they match or exceed what the what the modders have done with HD textures, that that's all it takes for me to justify it. What I, mean, I wanted was, I mean, when this first came out. There's a lot of, uh, especially for Mass Effect 1, because let's face it, going back and trying to play Mass Effect 1 now is pretty painful, not only visually, but there's a lot of, between the interface, the controller, and just... Some of the way the game mechanics worked. The the, the heat-based guns? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> there, yeah, the heat there are There are a lot of quality of life improvements from one game to the other that happened. Uh, biggest jump being from one to two. Right. Um, that they're bringing to one. So <laughs> they actually brought back in... Uh, the head uh head level designer and a couple of the technical guys just that worked on one mm -hmm. just to change a lot of those systems over 
So it uses the thermal clips. So that you have less um, – so that it closer matches everything you had in 2 and 3 so you're not just jarred going back to 1. Oh, you, oh my god. I just want to see what they do for A – and uh, I want I want to see how well it meshes uh, the gameplay of one with the thermal clips because yeah. that's a change that they're going to make, uh, and of course the Mako situations where yeah. I mean you had to you had to do Mako missions yeah. uh, in one, and of course the meme is uh, I mean from back in the day of the Mako kind of like fucking Skyrim walking up a fucking cliff. That that is um, that, yeah. It's a if, thing. If they if that's closer to what you had with the SRV <laughs> in Andromeda, I'll be happy. Right. Um, <laughs> I'll be really happy about that. Right. Um, you said SRV. I want directly into the. But there's also just like even just visual quality that even the modders with the HD retextures and whatnot that they put out there. Uh, there's a lot of lighting in some of those games that could be vastly improved now. Yeah, and I think they've done that. Um, and I, from just just from the trailers, it looks like that's happened. Um, that will just make that even more worth it. So I've, I haven't played fucking Mass Effect One in years yeah. and years, and the uh, the idea I had was yeah. I'm going to play that game. Especially with 1 and 2, there were a lot of scenes you get into where they were really too dark. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well... They were really too dark. I'm going to play this um, one, this entire so. uh, this entire collection. I'm going to do it with uh, FemShep this time. So, I, I had... I, I will be doing a FemShep, yeah. Because I did... You know, I just did the normal Commander Shepard before, and I was like, oh, well, okay. I'm going to do this, the Femship because from what I've heard, it's a better experience. Um, There's definitely different dialogue. That's fine. From what I understand. That's fine. So. I mean, it's it's fine. It'd be interesting to go back to see, you know, I want to see that stuff in, you know, in the better quality as well. It, it'll, it'll also make me... Um, uh, as I do my femship, I'll care less about um, keeping uh, uh, what's her face but, alive. Right. Actually, oh yeah, yeah. But the 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 other thing that you want to look into though is you know just look at what you're getting with that. Sure, they're older games, but it's three it's of those games. Three and for seventy bucks, right? Yeah, you know so. it's it's definitely you know if you've never played Mass Effect before. What's the difference between the sixty and seventy dollar version? Uh, I don't know. He bought the seventy dollar version. That doesn't surprise me. But uh, it it was sixty nine 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 when I bought it. Anyway, yeah. um, and then coming after that, a uh, couple short, a few short days later, huh? Uh, days Gone is finally coming to PC. Oh well. I will probably get it on a sale. I um, want to play it again. Days Gone. That's another yeah. game. But, uh, but I don't want to. Here's the it, thing. I don't want to play game. other things again right now. But to expand on this, not only is it coming PC, but it's coming to PC without ray tracing or DLSS. Why? That doesn't make sense. Uh, right? It. But why? It, so the, it's just a port. So, so yeah. it's just a straight port of the PS4 version. Well, 
Uh, well, probably higher resolution. You would think. You would. You would. You would hope. Well, um, it'll support ultra wide. That's about the only resolution difference. Okay. Well, it's a zombie game. I would never play it anyway. Uh, but <laughs> uh, biker zombie. Um, right. <clears throat> yeah, Days Gone is if you if you don't have a PlayStation or didn't play it on PlayStation and you kind of wanted to play that game, having it on PC is you know is an option. But I would also like to see some. Some graphical tweaks. Normally when things go to the PC, you yep. want to see that. I will say something came out that none of us, I don't think, are playing right now. Uh, Resident Evil 8 or The Village just oh, came out yeah. yesterday. Yeah, that that is... It's not that I don't... I'm not in the mood for Resident Evil like I used to be. I uh, never have been, No, I really. used to be a fairly big Resident Evil fan. And for whatever reason, um, I've strayed away from the survival horror thing. Or at least that specific style of survival horror. I think it's just gone. It's just been overdone for me. Well, and this one is, I don't think it's zombie. It's vampires and werewolves. Doesn't matter. But looks really good. I watched some gameplay of it. It it looked really neat. If you're into it, I feel like a lot of people are saying it's one of the best that's ever been made. From and what I don't, I, and it doesn't feel hyperbolic in that sense. I'm just not in the mood for it. Yeah, from what I understand, it's not very long. Yeah, the completion time for the couple of reviews I saw was about 12 hours. Which is kind of sad. Now, well, it depends on what you're going for, right? If you're like me, Rusty, or Jason, we play games for fairly long amounts of time. We try to, at least. And even with replay, 12 hours is not a very long game for anybody at this table. No. In fact, I was bitching that uh, Outer Worlds was less than a 50-hour game. Right. And I'm just, for any kind of RPG experience or even an action experience, I mean, even the Halo campaigns are around that long and they're mostly multiplayer. Right. You know, so, that's why I was bringing up how long or how much game you're going to get for the, you know, the Legendary, for legendary Edition because yeah, it's like 35 hours on average per game, you know, and that's, that's a substantial amount of game, you know. Yep. You know, it's all about game per dollar because, I mean, we're not made of money. Um, exactly. You know, and, and we buy all of our games ourselves. So it's just, it's, yeah. you, if you don't want to get the $70 version like Jason, there is a version of Mass Effect that is $59.99. That's the one I'll probably be picking up. Um, but yeah, Resident Evil Village is a thing. If you, if, if that is the thing that you're into, um, it, it does look good. It's just not, not my cup of tea. Um, on the 14th, same day as the Mass Effect uh, Legendary Edition, if uh, if you don't want to play Mass Effect right away, you can pick up Subnautica Below Zero because that will be the official launch day for that game. And that game probably is about $30, right? Uh, probably. I don't know. It's If I had to guess, it would be $29.99, but I'm not looking at prices at the moment. $29.99. I'm going to look at prices as we go. Um. But that is releasing for the PlayStations, the Xboxes, and PC and Switch. I'm a Subnautica is great. Subnautica Below Zero has been kind of piquing my interest for a while, um, but I didn't buy into the early access for it uh, like I did with the previous game because the previous game I played through most of it without the story. I didn't look into this, but I wonder if it'll do uh, VR. 
Um, I didn't look into it either. In a, I, gosh, I just I need to I need to try Subnautica in VR again. Oh boy. Um, so there, that's a game that I probably won't play in VR. Just to be completely honest with you, um, it's not it's it's a phobia. That's for sure. Um, it's not as bad as arachnophobia, but it's still a thing. Um, I will uh, still play, you know, Subnautica Below Zero. It's a really good, you know, you know, Subnautica has always been a good survival game. Uh, and it looks like there's going to be quite a bit more story to it. And uh, exploring that world a little bit more is something I was interested in. I will always do more Subnautica. Like now that I thought about it, I was like, oh yeah, there's VR support. I need to go underwater. Mm, I don't think that would be a good idea for me. Anywho. Uh, (laughs) Yep. Um... And then, uh, then the next week is going to be on the nineteenth. That's going to be Elite Dangerous Odyssey. That's the one I'm definitely saving the bones for. Yeah. So I, that's a, that is one I will absolutely be getting. And I'll tell you, you know, I'm not going to pit the reviewer because I don't like the people that reviewed it as much. But there's a couple of outlets that have already gotten their hands on it that are already giving it a pretty high praise. Yeah. Um, and some of the things that I've seen that make a big difference is they've improved. Even if you're not hyped about whatever you do in first person, as far as shooter wise, um, they've improved the visuals quite a bit. And so things like improved visuals for planets, improved visuals for like actually having rocks and things like that on the ground, besides the ones that you run over that do make your SRV do backflips. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, like adding atmosphere to planets and having planets landable that have atmosphere. Um, there's been, I guess they hired a physicist to work with the team to okay. recreate some of the stuff for, for planar physics and light physics. So the way that light goes through different types of atmospheres has been a thing that's been implemented, meaning that there's different visuals on, depending on the gas type that's on planets. It's not just the gas type. If you take if uh, what they did was like if the um, the kind of atmospheres that you'd be you know landing on would be like an argon atmosphere for instance, uh, so what kind of light would shine through an argon atmosphere, uh, and then that also took into account the star that's su- uh, supplying the light. So if it is a, a blue white star, for instance. It would have a slightly different tinge to that. I didn't realize they went into that kind of. Oh yeah, detail. they went into they went to, into all of that detail. The thing, <clears throat> without beating a dead horse, the coolest one of the coolest things about that is their attention to detail. Yeah, I mean they they took a lot of the you know it's they pull a lot of you know uh, science into that game so that if you're kind of a science nerd and you kind of like uh, you know planets and you know and you know chemical compositions and things like that you can actually get a lot of information from playing that game it's uh probably one step down from like something like a universe sandbox or you know something like that but this uh i will be driving humans i've already decided i will be driving a human in vr well i'm going to give it a go um the the big draws for odyssey of course is you know space legs you know it's basically allowing your commander to you know get up out of the you know the the cockpit and move around uh the i, I heard something like 15,000 new locations it's going to be 
a lot of uh, a lot of the stuff that you can do on on foot. There's going to be like eight different engineers that you're going to have. That's going to be specific to uh, you know the kind of like space suits that you can have, the kind of weapons you know like first person shooter weapons that you can use. Uh, things that you know you're just going to have different uh, different things that you can do with. Uh, you know, while walking around, you can walk around space stations uh, and, you know, pick up, you know, uh, pick up missions and quests in that way. But you could also stand in the hangar with your ship and actually finally, for the first time ever, see the scale of your ship compared to you as a human. Well, and that was something I saw one reviewer talking about how their Asp Explorer was about the size of a 747. Oh yeah, or or a little which bit which is bigger. a small yeah. landing pad ship. Yeah, it, well, well, no, that's it's a medium, a medium. Um, still. But yeah, like, I mean, something. I look at is, my Python and see how big it is. They were saying like the Corvette felt like a star destroyer. Yeah, that's that's the thing. You get into the fucking Corvette and as a fucking star destroyer, and basically, it. It's kind of allows you to separate your version of you or what you think of as you from the ship itself and, you know, and be able to, you know, be able to walk around the ship and see all of the different hard points, like a huge hard point from first person view on feet uh, looks like, you know, something that would be on a battleship, like fucking large ass cannons, right? Uh, you would, you know, you kind of get a little bit more of a, uh, an appreciation of exactly how big things are in this game, just from being able to see it in first person. That's a big draw. There's a lot of, you know, a a lot of positive, uh, effects. Of course, the graphical effects is, you know, is a, uh, is a big thing. Um, but the, there's still quite a bit of mystery behind it because sure, they had an alpha and most of the, you know, the outlets that are reporting on this right now are reporting about what they saw in the alpha. But from what frontier development said is that not everything is in, you know, was in the alpha and you only had a very small portion of space that you could actually explore in the alpha. Um, so there is. There is quite a bit of possibility for, say, new ships. There's quite a possibility for uh, different mission types. Uh, They already said that there's like 16 different bases that you didn't get to see in the alpha. That's, you know, that's going to be explorable, you know, 16 different base types that are on planets. Uh, So it's going to really, you know, diversify what you can do on the planets and that's going and, to uh and it's uh all for 39.99. Yeah, it, it for a $40 expansion, I mean, it's it, it looks pretty good. Um definitely definitely going to pick it up. I mean, I'm, obviously, I'm going to pick it up. I'm not super looking forward to the first person combat soup a, a lot, but um the first person exploring and being able to walk around on worlds is kind of cool. Yeah. Um so we'll we'll uh we'll report on that a little bit more. Justin will probably have uh, a little bit more yeah. to say about that in here in a couple we of had, weeks. Jason, did you have something? I did have uh one more. Um also coming up is a game I didn't really talk about because I didn't realize that this was coming to PC as well. I thought it was just a mobile game. 
and that is Wraith the Oblivion Afterlife. Okay. It's um, set in the world of darkness. Ooh. It's a amnesia-style game. Okay. Uh, Not for Completely me. in VR. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> so lots of... Uh, Hiding in closets and I can't I can't do you know, full on horror do- in VR, dodging things and whatnot. Too much fun. Um, right? You can't you can't do like a phantasmophobia or whatever. No, I can absolutely do zombies for whatever reason. But you can't do things that like you know reach around your head you know your view. I played Resident Evil Seven for the intro and mm. PSVR and in Vive because. You know, Trent likes to torture me. Right, of course. And there's a part in that where something gets right up in your face, like right up in the headset, essentially. Right. Couldn't do it. I just pulled the headset off. I was like, Trent, I can't do this. I can't do this. It's like, wait. (laughs) The reviews are pretty much mostly positive. Um, Of course, uh, reviewers who actually played it on... On Android phones, we're kind of like, you know, there's some technical glitches and whatnot, right. and I'm sure that solves on the PC. Uh, so it'd be interest. It would be interesting to play if, uh, if I had a VR headset, wink, wink, rusty. Um, <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, uh, you, you, I you could do this vicariously for me. Okay. Um, um Oh, so you want me to pick up this horrible, I mean, horror game and uh, and, and invite you over, huh? Asgard's Wrath is a VR game that I'm still trying to figure out where it's coming out, but it's a supposed to be a 40-plus hour VR RPG adventure. Good God. I mean, every time I, uh, every time I hear about really long games in VR, it just makes my head hurt because... Uh, I mean, VR is nice and all, but you kind of want to do it in short bursts. Um, it's going to be a – it looks like it's a Oculus exclusive. It's possible. There's it's a lot of stuff on the It's a 121 gig download. Jesus Christ. So That's a big game. It promises a f- impressive graphics plus uh, kind of an action RPG, but an RPG that's nonetheless – Oh, man. I don't know, man. That – I'm actually okay with the action RPG stuff that requires you to swing your arms. And that's fine. But for, uh, 40 hours, I mean, the way that I play games, I wouldn't be able to play that game right straight through. There's, I mean, it's not a, a possibility. So, anyways. Um, um, the only other game that's you know, that's going to happen, like, while I'm out that I'm really watching and I have been watching forever is Biomutant. Biomutant's coming out on the 25th. Uh, for the previous consoles, the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and then PC, um, I would suggest if you have a PC, uh, get get it there. Um, but it will be up, you know, upresable, I'm sure, to the uh, you know, to the uh, you know, current consoles if you are lucky enough to have one. Well, but there was one other release that was going to happen, I think, immediately after you got back. Um, that's, yes, there, there is that, but that's immediately after I get back. I'll still be able to buy that like day one, but I'll, I'll talk about that next. Um, Biomutant, if you haven't heard about it, it is, uh, basically, uh, you know, uh, gun foo style, uh, 
yeah. um, mutant game where you can kind of make your own, you know, make your own mutant and go through the world. And it looks very good. Like the the trailers that they put out recently, if you haven't seen them, give them, a, you know, give them a look because it looks really good. Uh, they did a, a fairly decent job of building a world around this concept that they, you know, that they showed off years ago uh, at an E3. Uh, and it's uh, it looks to be a fairly unique game that has uh, a lot more customizability than I ever thought it would have. Uh, so it is, uh, it's going to be one of those, uh, open world style games, but it's kind of based on gun foo, which really appeals to me. Uh, I told Rusty originally that I didn't want to play another fur game, even though that I have uh, gunfire reborn. Right. Um, but I may take a look at it, but it's again, it's going to be, it's, it'll be one of the ones that I look at after you've played it. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I've already pre-ordered that. I, I don't normally pre-order games, but I figured this is a game I'm gonna pick up. Uh, and while it's you know while I'm away, at least I can get it to be downloadable, um, you know, from afar. I would say uh, you've got a new Phoenix Point <clears throat> DLC called Festering Skies coming out the 25th. Nice. Um, which again, and a new DLC for um, Wasteland Three coming out in I want to say June second or third or somewhere in there or first week of June. Yep. So there's quite a bit coming out. Um, it's Necromunda is the one that I wanted you to talk about. Right, Necromunda. This would be Hired Gun. Uh, and Necromunda Hired Gun is uh, why am I? You know, whenever I type I type in Necromunda, it pulls up the previous game, which wasn't that great. Um, Hired Gun looks to be, uh, something kind of came out of nowhere for us, right? It, it really kind of surprised us. We were talking about 40K games and how they're kind of hit and miss. And this is a, a, a Warhammer 40K game, you know, based in a hive city where you're a, a, uh, a bounty hunter, you know, off to, you know, kill a bunch of fucking, you know, gangers and mutants and shit like that in the underhive. <laughs> uh, it's coming out on June 1st, uh, and it kind of, it's, I mean, we only, you know, saw this a couple months ago as far as like, oh, this game is coming out. The, um, uh, the trailers that I've seen so far have looked very promising, um, yeah, it reminded us of what we thought Prey 2 was going to be. When when the original trailer for Prey 2 came out, and this is this was the bounty hunter version of Prey. Yep. Um I was 100% sold on that. Like I was really looking forward to that game when well, that Prey came out. Prey 2 was good. It was just 100% different than what we expected. Right. I mean, it was different than the original Prey for sure, but it was um uh it was just something that, you know, that hadn't really been done quite right. And I was looking forward to the first person like hunting shit down and, you know, doing the whole bounty hunting thing. This looks a little bit more, uh, gritty, more, it, it looks a lot more like, um, um, like a bullet storm almost as far as the amount of enemies and, you know, the, right. the craziness of the gun, you know, gunplay in it. 
but it you know takes into account like the 40k version of guns, which some of those guns are pretty fucking over the top, right? Um, and of course you're going to have alters, yeah. melt, um, melt a guns, melt a guns for sure. There's going to be like all kinds of shit that you can do, but you'll also have a cyber hound that you will be able to do, uh, and to have as a companion, uh, as you're hunting, but you know, hunting shit down, uh, and it's, uh, uh, it's loot based. So you can, uh, they were saying in one of the trailers that it's, uh, that exploring the levels that you're going to, uh, will allow you to get more loot that you can use or sell, uh, to get, you know, better upgrades for your gun or upgrade your cyber hound to, to do extra damage and shit like that. Those are, you know, those are fairly basic gameplay loops, but the the wrapping around it being a 40k game and the fact that there hasn't been really any good first-person shooter 40k games, I'm really hoping that they knock this one out of the park. Here's the hoping. So, I mean, that is that is definitely going to be a, uh, a game that we'll be watching and probably playing for sure. That's one of the ones that's on my list. Yeah. I mean, that and, you know, Dark Tide, which is the, uh, you know, the, the, the Fat Shark game uh, that's kind of like Vermintide that's coming out later on this year, hopefully. Yeah. Um, I think by next week, I may have more on that because I got TJ hooked on Vermintide. Um, and he, we played through some of a campaign already on Veteran. Okay. Of uh, Chaos Waste, which is a huge free expansion. We just didn't have enough time to finish it for him. Yeah. Um, so I may have more information. I want to complete a uh, a run of that before I talk about my rewards and stuff. But Definitely. So far, it's been fun. It's just Sweet. if you end a run early, all you're getting is XP. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Well, I mean, at least you get something. But okay. Right. Um, uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, we'll we'll be. Uh, I'll be. I'll be out for three shows three after episodes, this. Yeah. yeah so. Um, I will I, I, I will catch you guys uh, in about a month, uh, but uh, I'll, I'll be I'll be thinking of you. No, I won't. <laughs> All right. With that, guys, find us at TiltCast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash TiltCast. Our YouTube channel is YouTube.com slash TheRealTiltCast. And search for us on iTunes and Spotify. And you can find some friends of the show. Uh, we've got um, Cabbage, KBG. We've got... Um, for the love of gaming, we've got NoQuarters.net, and we've got BMFCast.com, bad motherfuckers that they are, yeah. and TVGP.TV. They do fantastic things. And backflips. They like, and they like Mass Effect. And, and they do backflips and sidewinders. With that, it's the end of the show. Hit those subscribe buttons. All right. Peace.